Your heart matters. You can live without a hand. You can live without a leg. You can live without an eye, without all eyes or ears. You can still be alive. You can also live without, with one kidney. You can still function. You can live without part of your intestines. You can still function. Whatever part of your body, you can live with it. There's only one thing you can't live without. It is your heart. You can't live without your heart. Yet it's a very, very small thing in your body like my fist like this. But that's life. Once you remove your heart, the person is dead. You are gone. But unfortunately, whatever happens in your heart affects everything about you. Whatever happens in your heart affects your relationships, affects your, 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 your health, accepts your work, accept, uh, it affects your marriage, it affects those who are close to you, it affects everything about you. But it starts where? In the heart. The neglected heart will soon be a heart overrun. A neglected heart will soon be a heart overrun. I want us to look at the word of God. Uh, I think because of my time, let me explain this story. You can go with us to the book of First Samuel, chapter 16. It talks about a man. It talks about Samuel, a man of God, had got to a point, to a time, where he was supposed to anoint the next king of Israel. So God told him to go to the house of Jesse. When God uh, arrived there, when this man of God arrived there, Samuel, the Bible says, all the sons of Jesse, they passed before this great man of God. And as they passed before him, the horn of oil could not pour out the oil. And the man of God was frustrated. He said, God, these are handsome men. When you look at them, they are worthy to become kings. The way they walk the way they put themselves across, the, may, the way they handle themselves, the way they carry themselves. You can tell they are men of integrity and great honor. They walk like real prince to be kings who have been mentored to become a king, to sit on the throne, to reign among God's people. Yet God says they are not the ones. And then the man of God yet had to ask one more question. Do you still have another son? Is there any other son? You know, Jesse struggled because what he knows because of his eyesight. Because what he knew, <laughs> he knew that maybe God is mistaken for sure. You know, they had to go and call this young boy. I want you to picture the young boy. The boy was a one-night stand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. David was a one-night stand, though the mother was married, but she had been denied the conjugal rights by Jesse. So she was, he was a one-night stand. And this boy, according to the researchers, when you read the Bible, the story of, Jess, of David, when everybody else in the family was eating on the high table, they would put his food down there on the floor, and he would sit there and eat his food. He was a rejected young man. If you read the book of Psalms, they'll tell you the story of David. 
If anything in the community was stolen and they were looking for the person to blame, they would blame David. He was the least expected. He was nothing before all men. I see a young man coming from the fields. You know, in Africa, when they are going out there, the only shoes they have is the tires of an old car. They take the tires of an old car. They cut them with a knife. I don't know what they use. Is it a nail to put the two belts on top to make a shoe for themselves? If not that, they are walking on foot and all the feet of this young boy is all cracked up. He has got no lotion. Maybe he has not bathed for one year, for one week, because uh, the story says that they would leave him, leave him at the, uh, to tend the sheep and the, all the, 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 the animals for over a week or two. And Jesse wished that he would be eaten by animals. He was a nobody. Yet the, hast, the, the well-groomed kings are standing before God. And God says no. And Jesse struggled with the men of God. How can you say, I only have one. I, I think actually, if you read it, it's like he had forgotten. He said, I don't think I have another. These are all my sons because according to him, these were the kings. Well-groomed to take over. The man of God says, I'm willing to wait. They see this young boy coming with glue on his nose. White like ashes. Wearing rags. You know how they, they dress when you're tending a sheep or cows in the village. You know, wearing these rags, a dirty t-shirt with hard hands that nobody was willing to greet David. Yet when he stood before the man of God, the Bible says the oil began to flow. The oil began to flow. And everybody is looking in aghast, disgusted. Yet God says, I found a man after my own heart. Yet God says, I found a man after my own heart. People's choice is not God's choice. The way people look at you is not the way God looks at you. You need an approval not from men. You need an approval from God. If you have a right standing with God, that's what matters. Nobody will tell you, oh, I'm so holy, don't have that, whatever you call it. It's only God who sees the heart of men. God values the heart of men more than anything else. First Samuel 16 verse 7. The Lord does not look at the things men look at. Men looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. This is why I tell all the leaders in this church, it's not about how good you are in telling people what to do. Because God is not interested in that. He's interested in character. Where does character come from? Character comes from within. As the man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. God can see things that no one else can see. God only sees deep hidden things, unfortunately. This we may come here and pray. God is not interested in all that shit. I'm sorry. But God is interested in a prayer from the heart. I apologize for that word, but I mean, I just wanted to make sure you get it. Because there are times when we are busy making noise in front of God. How much is your heart weighing before God? God only sees 
the hidden things. He sees what no man can what? He sees deep things. He sees those inner thoughts. He sees those inner desires that your family and your friends, even the one who calls your lover, your best one, you're sleeping in bed on the same bed with, he has no idea. He has no idea. He sees the deep things. God sees the deep things. God sees the deep things in your heart. When you speak the words, he's not interested in you because the words come from there. Until where you learn to speak from the spiritual heart. Hallelujah. God is looking at that place inside. Where your mind is constantly weighing various options. Weighing various options. You are praying and you are thinking I should email John after this prayer right now. And tell him, you know, can you solve my problem? You are before God. You are praying, Sister Ellen. But on the other end, you are saying, I have to email the lawyer. Why don't you trust him that I gave him my issue? He can take care of my situation. Your heart is not with God. The Bible says with their lips. They do what? They worship me. But their hearts are far away from me. That's why I said God is not interested in just the words that you speak. You know, because you know why? Because if what we say is genuine, there should be results in our lives. You know why am I saying this? Because when you speak it from the inner parts of your being and there's truth in it, there's got to be something. Because, listen, listen. The logos is the word in the Bible. It's called logos. The written Word of God. So you may declare no weapon. Session against me shall prosper. Every tongue that tries against me, I come in Jesus' name. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I declare. And when you go to sleep tomorrow, you wake up. If a stroke on the other hand, you are fired the next day. Uh, 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 when the spirit said I should talk about this, I said open our inner eyes and ears so that we can get breakthroughs after these 21 days. We pray and we quote the verses in the Bible. That's called logos that you are quoting. It's called the written word. But there is what is called the rhema word. When you become when it becomes alive inside of you, it ceases to be just the written word of God. But inside of you, the word becomes alive and they connect with your inner man so that when I stand here and I say no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper, I mean it and even if the army come, even if the arrows fashioned against me come, they will not prosper. It doesn't mean they are not going to come. But because of God, the word is now alive in me. When I speak it, when those arrows come, what do they see? They see the word that is alive. You become one with the word. You Partner with the mind of God. You begin to walk in what is called the will of God. You know, you become complicated to a lot of people. Because, because what happens is, the language that I speak, people don't understand it. They think I'm boasting or showing off. No. Because the word has become part of me. I read a scripture. It becomes so alive. It is no longer I. 
but Christ that liveth in me. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. My heart gets it. He understands. My heart understands that this is not Rebecca living, but Christ lives in Rebecca. So when a situation comes, I am arrested. They draw blood out of me. One thing that I know is I got a new DNA. I've got new genes in me. I am out of the kingdom of darkness. I'm in the light. If Christ is in me, they just drew the blood of Jesus Christ. If he was a drunkard, they will find a DUI in there or a DWI. That's what it means to have a heart that is connected with God. Your heart matters. One thing I want to highlight is God is not so much, uh, to, okay, God does not have a problem to give you what you are asking for. He has everything. Uh, yes, he has everything. He's not short of anything. He doesn't even need help. He owns everything. And he wants to give you everything that you're asking for. You know, the Bible says, before I open my mouth in the book of Psalm 139, before I open my mouth to speak, you have already known what I'm going to say. So, when God has already known what you want, remember the Bible says in the book of Isaiah uh, 10, 46, 45, 46, 47, 48. It says, you know, before you were created. He says, I knew the end before you what? I know the end before the beginning. What that means is that God, <laughs> you know, you are here today and you think, ah, you know, I did myself a favor. No, honey, it's written. It was known that today you'll be here. This is why you sabotage yourself when you come to church and play games. It was written. It's in your destiny. It's in your destiny. You know, when you miss church, <laughs> it's stubbornness. Because you don't know the day of your breakthrough. You've got no idea. Breakthrough does not come because so and so prayed last week. It can come every single day of your life. You can walk in power. You can work miracles and live a life of favor because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. God knows what you are going through right now. Stop forcing God. <laughs> Let me tell you what this fasting is all about. It's not about causing God to rewrite your story that he didn't write before. Mm -mm. Let me help you so that you don't waste your time trying to change God. Fasting is to change you. Ah, get me straight. Fasting is to change you so that you will be able to receive what he already has for you. Because what you had, what God has in store for you is already waiting for you. But for it to come, you got to be ready to receive. How many times do we shout, I receive, I receive, I receive, and nothing happens? Because your mind is receiving, but your heart is far away from what is happening. How many times do we worship God here and we are singing and we go and we kneel on the altar and you are actually trying to check if your bed is your bag is okay behind you? You can kneel the other day, the Lord says, People they kneel before me 
Yet their hearts are standing right before me, holding their waist like this before God. We don't know how proud we are sometimes before God. God is looking for more than just your behavior. He's looking at why you do what you do. Why do you do what you do in this church? Why do you do what you do when you give people? When you send those people back home money, why are you doing it? A child of God must change because it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. Saka, everything about me must show the life of Christ. The man of God says in the word of God, I pray and I travail until Christ is formed within you. Christ must be formed in the heart of a believer. Don't be like a, like a fish, like a snake. Nobody really knows who you are. But God knows whether you are a snake or a fish. You can fool God. That's why the Bible says everything shall be revealed at the end of our lives. Everything shall be revealed, brothers and sisters. Whatever you did in secret will come out. Whatever you did in secret will be revealed publicly. It will be revealed publicly. It will be revealed publicly. Whatever you did in secret, God will make sure the television will be right before you, sitting right in front of God on the day of judgment. In the television, the mighty, the mighty bigger screen than this one. And it will be, it will be playing before the whole world. When you are stealing, it will be revealed. When you are being, showing and looking down on others, it will be revealed. If it was pride, it will be revealed. Whatever you did, it shall be revealed. If it is hatred, it shall be revealed. And God will ask you, why did you hate this person so much. Everything shall be revealed. He looks at more than just our behavior. Why do you do what you do? Piola, why do you come and sing here? What is your motive? What is the reason behind what you do? When you give your tithes and offerings, what is the motive behind it? This is why we are still poor. We give tithes and we still remain poor because the motive behind your giving tithes must be good before God. God will bless you. But the problem is the motive behind the word spoken before it. The motive behind what you do is the problem with God. It's not like he can't bless you, man. What is the motive? Why are you going to school? Who are you in competition with? What is the motive behind you going to school? Who are you competing with? Does, they, does it have anything to do with the glory of God? Anything that you come here to do, are you coming so that they can see that pastor is wearing a dotted? Today I'm wearing a silver bangle. You got to see it, bling, bling. What is the motive behind your dressing? Is it for the glory of God? The work that you do for the kingdom, what is the motive behind it? Everything you do, you know, remember the word of God says, everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. For whose glory are you doing what you are doing today? That goes to the level of the heart. Notice the difference between intentions and our desires. Intentions or motives are what we want to do. And what we don't want to do. Those are the intentions. Those are the motives. Those are the desires. Ah, this, sorry, those are the intentions. The desires, on the other hand, are what we are feeling drawn to do. 
Do you see the difference? What you are drawn, or what you are feeling, you want to do. Bad desires, they lead to bad motives. Then, the will acts on an evil desire. Rather than resisting it by God's grace, we act on it. Bad motives will always increase desires. I had no idea. The other year, I kept on buying clothes and buying clothes, holding, you know, yeah, when we came to America, you know what I mean? <laughs> holding until we didn't have a place to put the clothes. Desires. Desires. Only God, when you connect with him in the word, will decrease those desires. Because the Holy Spirit will be at work in you. He will ask you a question when you enter a shop. Do you really need that dress? Because the Holy Spirit is your best friend. He's your best friend. The Holy Spirit is your best friend. He's the only helper. He doesn't help you to do spiritual things only. He even asks you, why are you wearing that dress? Who are you trying to show off to? When he's within you, when you stand before the mirror, ask my husband, sometimes I run back to change. Why? Because he speaks to your heart. He rebukes you. He says you can't wear that in front of the church. Holy Spirit is your best friend. When I go shopping and I don't have the money, I pray, I say, Holy Spirit, I need, this is my list for groceries. Come on, Holy Spirit is not just there to speak in tongues. He's your helper. He's your best friend. He's your guide. He's your leader. He's your teacher. He walks in the examination with you when you sit on that bench and you begin to write the exam. He's there and you're confused. You say, Holy Spirit, what's the answer? What's the answer? Before that, I used to do, I used to do my father told, my mother told me to choose this one. You know when you do, when you do a multiple choice. You know what I'm talking about Winnie? My mother told me to choose this one. But I like to choose this one. That's the answer. I put the next one. And it will come. It is wrong. We may become to know the Holy Spirit and his power. I've never failed Winnie. I call myself an A student. Not that I'm so smart. I depend on the Holy Spirit because I know what he can do for me. He is my teacher, my educator. You know, sometimes, Tapsi, my son, I sit on the book, look at the instructions from my professor. And you know, my son, I'm trying to make head and tell of what he's saying. All I can see is darkness. I can't get it. I'm like, what is this woman talking about or this man talking about? I can't get it. But the closer I am with the Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, we are in this together. What is the answer? What are we doing? Open my mind, Holy Spirit. Let it assimilate. Let it go. Aha! Holy Spirit, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. I can't do it by myself. I tell you. Yeah, I tell you. I couldn't have done two masters. A year, one year, one year, in two years, two masters. It's not possible. We serve the God of impossibilities. When the Holy Spirit holds your hand and he guides you, you walk step by step, he tells you that is wrong the way you're thinking. Why do you hate that person? Why do you like dislike that person? Because listen, when sin is harbored within your heart, it doesn't destroy the person, it destroys you. Sin destroys you. Disrespect and dishonor destroys you. Why? Because even the anointing of God will not work for you if you despise it. It doesn't work for you. The anointing will not work. And you think, oh, but pastor prayed for that, for that one. It worked. I think she prayed and she doesn't like me. Listen to me. The anointing that you despise will never. Don't fool yourself. It will never work for you. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I wouldn't have got it. if I. My spiritual father, what he taught me at the age of 13, Baba Guti, 
He told me one thing that I've kept. Now I'm almost 52. I've kept it in my heart. He said, my daughter, if you want to make it, don't ever, it doesn't matter, it's a Roman Catholic pastor. Don't open your mouth to talk evil about them. Ask my husband here. This few, few days ago, he was trying to talk to me about, you know, this, uh, this one is also a child. And I said, hey, honey, I run with my life. You got to guard your heart jealously because out of it flows the issues of life. The Bible says, guard your heart more than anything else because out of your heart comes out issues of life. Heart carries issues, issues, affairs of life, they are solved from inside. Ay, 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 ay. I said affairs of life, they are solved from within, inside out. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. You got to guard your heart jealously. Listen, my children, you who are in relationships, you cannot change the heart of the boyfriend or the girlfriend you are in relationship with, but you can guard your own heart. From being hurt, you can actually God protect your own heart as a child of God. When you see that this guy, he has good moods like a woman. Oh, there are men who has good moods like mood swings. Today they are <laughs> tomorrow they you don't know what happened to them. What do you need a man like that for? No respect. You, he, he cannot respect you. He says, I love you, but he does not respect you. Guard yourself, girls, men. Guard yourselves. If the girl cannot respect you, my sons, walk away. You got a girlfriend, my sons, who can't even respect you as a man. What is it going to be like when you enter the marriage? Guard yourself of heartbreaks. Because these heartbreaks, we see them before we enter in marriages. And we continue. We continue. And you can actually see that this is going to cause me problems. But you settle because people are telling you you are old. Come on. If I am old at my old age, Sarah had a child at the age of 99. He is God of impossibilities. If he's not here today, God is going to bring him at the right time. Don't allow anyone to put pressure on you. The devil is a liar. God knows our hearts more than what people say. One Kings eight thirty nine says, "Then hear in heaven your dwelling place, and forgive and act, and render to each according to all his ways. Whose heart you know, whose heart you know, whose heart." You know, for you alone know all the hearts of all the sons of men. Who do you fool? <laughs> God knows your heart. Christianity is not coming to church. Mm -mm. Holding your Bible, singing in the choir or in the praise and worship or in the preaching here or teaching does not mean that you are born again. Because even accepting Christ, you accept with your heart. God cares more about what is inside of you. Some of us, we have got rotten hearts. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, verse, verse 9 to 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their contact, according to what their deeds deserve. Don't fool yourself. You are rewarded according to your own deeds. So the issue of heart is key. Why God loved David and called him a man after his own heart? Because David had a repentant heart. 
whenever he made a mistake, the Holy Spirit would help him to always realize, mm, I think now you are going beyond. You need to repent. Amen. Our hearts, God knows them. Hallelujah. Now Mark 12, 30. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. You cannot love God if your heart is disconnected from him. There is no way you can love God if your heart is not connected to God. Your mind comes, communicates the information to your spirit man. There is the spirit man, the, we, the bodies, the bodies that we have, we have our own mind. We have our own uh, understanding, right? But your spirit man also has a mind. It is a mind. Your spirit man also has a mind. Ezekiel 36, 26, it talks about, I'll give you, Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Do you know what a heart of stone is? It's an unforgiving heart. No matter how much you are preached to, no matter how God convicts you, you still see evil in other people. What is wrong with you? You have got a stone heart, but tonight it must be your prayer. God, change my heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh so that I can be sensitive, so that your subconscious mind can be sensitive. We have Christians who are no longer conscious. Their subconscious has killed them. They are not sensitive anymore to sin. They just sin and continue coming to church and they continue to do the same sin. The Holy Spirit is talking to them every single day. Because when I come here to preach, I don't know anything that you did at your house. I just say, Holy Spirit, use me to speak your word. And when I speak your word, don't hate me. There are people who think when I'm preaching, I've heard something. I don't do things like that. I come here to hear from the word of message of God. So if I repeat every day the same thing. It means God is, when something makes you angry when it is being preached, it means there's something you need to do. The Holy Spirit, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's what we call the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He makes you feel guilty. When you feel guilty, it means you've got to change that thing. You must turn around. That's a heart. That's how a good heart starts from. Accepting that what she's talking about, what the Lord is talking, talking about, I need to turn it around. The Bible says in the book of Luke 6, verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what this heart is full of. Don't worry about those people who are rude do you know why they are rude? That's what is inside of their hearts. They are generally rude. They are full of hatred. So when you hear someone speaking rudely to you, don't blame them as the man is. So they speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not me. It's your Bible, right? That verse. Go and read it at home. Don't say pastor was calling me. No. That's your Bible. Luke 6 verse 45. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you are full of cases inside of you, you also speak the cases to others. Have you ever seen people who like they're being shown by the Spirit of God, they're trying to prophesy to say you are a witch. They forget who they are inside of themselves. That's what is inside them, evil about others. I heard a story that really hurt me two weeks ago of a young man who killed his grandfather and his two grandmothers. And he said, I've been thinking about it for since I was age six. I mean, people read that story. He's a Zimbabwean guy. He killed his grandfather. He killed his grandmother. And he killed the other. I think it's his wife or something who was pregnant with two kids, right? Am I right? Oh, that's another man who killed a That's another man. You know, evil is happening. A man, you beat your wife to the point that she's pregnant. You, nine months, because those kids, when you saw them in the coffin... They were real babies. He beat his wife who was pregnant until she died. Until she died pregnant. A young man. 
And this young who killed three, three people, he said, ah, because I was told a, a witch doctor came here at the age of six and he said that my, my father killed my father. And my grandfather said, yes, I killed him. That's why I killed him. Because he continued meditating on that hatred in his heart. He could not forgive. When you continue to meditate with bad things, you come in this church, none of these church members is good. They are all evil. You are the only one who is righteous. Because you have lied to yourself that you are so holier than anyone else. Your heart will bring out what you have. If you allow your heart to see evil in others, it will only bring evil. When you walk, all you see is bad things in people. Have you ever seen people who say when someone stands up here, say maybe to preach or to give a word, maybe to do something, he says, I can do better than that. I can do. It's, you cannot say it with your mouth, but your heart is actually saying it. I think I'm better than that person. I think I can do better than him. I think I can do better than he. I think if I was the pastor of this church, I would do better than what she does. Remember what we call Absalom's spirit. That's what it was like. Absalom, he wanted to overthrow his father David and become a king. So he had to influence the hearts of men to win them. You know that spirit when it catches you, you begin to go to church members and you begin to buy it one by one like what Absalom did. He would go to the people and say, what did my father judge you on your case? What was the verdict? And he would be told the verdict and then he would say to those people, if I was the one on the throne, I wouldn't have made you lose that case. He was trying to win the hearts of men. Absalom's spirit is dangerous. A heart that conjures evil and it manifests at the end, but it comes with death. The wages of sin are death. There is a thing called a reward for evil. Don't harbor evil in your heart. Let go from today. All the witches that we see today, all these witches, all these witches that we see today, they did not, they were not born as witches. Some of them, they had to buy witchcrafty powers. Look at these white people when they put it on the paper. They will tell you, how much do you want? You are hating one person. You go and you sell your soul to the devil to get witchcrafty powers, to cast spells and on people because you hate the way God has blessed her. But now as a child of God, the Bible says no one can kiss what God is blessed. Genesis 6, 6 verse 5 is the one that touches me every single day. The Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God himself regretted co-creating human beings. Don't neglect your heart. You take good care of your dresses. You buy exclusive designer label clothes. You spend money to look nice outside. God is not worried about how you look at outside. He doesn't care about your hairstyle. He doesn't care that you are wearing a Gucci bag, a Gucci perfume, what Louis Vuitton. God is not interested in all what you see outside. It's about the heart. I tell my son every day, don't marry for the S shape and the P thing. Look at the heart of the girl you are saying, I love. Because we are so misled by the outward appearance. Our sons, they are going after makeup, perfumes, and designer labels. Come on, sons, go after a good heart. You need, ladies, a man with a good heart. Not a stingy, not a greedy man, not an abuser, not somebody who is confused, who cannot, who does not. You can tell the man has no vision. Come on, ladies, don't be so desperate. Don't settle. You need to know God will bring a man, even if he doesn't have money. If he has a good heart, he has a vision, he's a good man, God will bless you together. A good heart matters. People with good heart, good heart these days are rare to come by. They will come and laugh at you. And then when they look back, they say, ah, those are the people the devil is bred in this generation. 
So we need to learn to walk with the Spirit of God in order to avoid strongholds. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5, we take captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have learned how critical our thought life is to our overall life of a Christian. This is why God instructs us in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Inside of your heart, there are issues of life. Some people, they protect their bank accounts more than they protect their own hearts. Some people, they know what is going on in other people's life more than their own heart. Some people, they think they've got six locks on their doors uh, because they're afraid that someone will break in. They guard their house, their dresses, these, these rags. You, you, you take good care of those rags more than you take care of your spirit, man. More than you take care of your heart. Come on, you need to take care of your own heart. Take care of your heart. Out of your heart, there are issues. Issues are issues. It brings life. Your heart gives life to you. Nothing else. Life, it comes out of your heart. You are so worried about outside things. You know, I tell people when you're looking for someone to marry, ah, we prayed on Friday for marriages. I think that's why the Holy Spirit asked me to talk to you now, ladies and gentlemen. I think when you're looking for someone to marry, it's not just because they've got a step that will block the blow the wind. You need to go and pray. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Don't force God. Oh, where are the young men? Listen to me. Don't force God to give you a woman who is not from God. You have problems. <laughs> I said you have problems. Oh, you have problems. You have problems. And God will say you forced me. I didn't give it to you. I didn't give him to you. You forced me. Walk with him. Trust him, Holy Spirit. When you see the S shape, say, what about inside Holy Spirit? What about inside Holy Spirit? What is buried inside the heart of this girl? Can she be a blessing to my family? You know, some women, when you marry them, oh, Holy Spirit, is that what you're talking about? Okay, so anyway, we're going to talk about it. So anyway, when you marry, <laughs> when you marry, some of these women, they come to destroy your families. They come because they are evil from within. The heart is wicked. They are not builders at all. They are not builders. The little that has remained in the family for you to salvage because there is no Holy Spirit, because there is no good heart, you destroy. Where are the women? Where are the women who stand in the gap in the place of prayer and take authority over the demonic forces of the place that you are married and you render them powerless, the demons of hatred, you crush them, you take authority, you declare, you declare unity, you declare oneness. Where are they? Where are the men? When they come in the family, they become real sons. They stand in the place of prayer. They say, Father, I have married in this family. I speak for a rising. The rising of the priest. The priest of this house. In the name of Jesus, I pull down every stronghold in this place because God connected you there. You are in another altar. The spirit of God must rise inside of you. It may take time. It doesn't matter. Continue to pray. He answers prayers. What is inside of you? Some of you have allowed God in certain rooms of your heart. And there are places you tell God, this one is mine. I do what I want with it. You cannot enter. This one, God, you can't touch. This area is mine. I do what I want with it. You can take all the other 12 rooms. You need to surrender. Give it up to God. 
David says when he sinned against God, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. And he did not only ask for a clean heart. He asked for a right spirit. Do you know what a right spirit is? It's a spirit of doing good. It means there's a spirit that comes upon you when you walk with the rice, the Holy Spirit to do good. Let me tell you what that spirit does. You become blind. We need. You become blind to other people's weaknesses and faults. All you do is you see love. All you do is when they fall, your spirit, you are grieved inside of you. All you do is go before God. You fast for them and you pray, you cry out for mercy on their behalf and God will also raise intercessors who stand for you when things are also going left. A good spirit you need a good spirit is what you reflect in your character. A good spirit is what you respect, reflect in your reputation. It's not about the brand. It's about what God has invested inside of you. Notice the distinction of a born again dedicated child of God and the one of a non-believer. Non-believers, they can talk about anything and about everything when the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He convicts you. He tells you. There are times I'm told to end a conversation. In the middle of a conversation, I'm like, hey, I got to go. I got to go. Because the Holy Spirit says, this person, where she's taking you, where he's taking you, he's going to put some mud, some poo in your spirit. You got to know who you listen to. When you talk to people, have a spirit of discernment. You got to discern some people, what is inside of them. There is what is called transference of spirits. You sit with a gossiper, you become a gossiper too. You walk with an adulterer, you become an adulterer too. That's why the Bible says the birds of the same feather flock together. I need a friend who can influence me to walk in the right path of God. I need a friend who can help me to reach my goal, to reach my target. I need a friend who can add value to what I have, not those who pull me down. You need to leave them. It's rather better to have no friends than to live with friends who always pull you down because they're going to bring fear in your heart and you're going to end up walking in that fear. You need somebody who can pull you out and say we can make it. We can do it. They hold your hand. They declare over you. They pray over you. They bless you. They see goodness inside of you. Somebody who can promote you because they have a good heart. What is inside of you? What is inside of you? I said what is inside of you? Some are full of murders. Hands are all bloody. You murdered souls. You have murdered a lot of people. They don't want to come to church anymore. Not because there's no God, but because of what you told them. What did you say to them? You are going to answer before God because the church does not belong to the pastor. The church belongs to Yahweh. The church belongs to God. He is the one who is in charge of a church, not pastor. That's why I couldn't preach what I wanted. I had to ask him because you need a breakthrough. Those demons in your family, they cannot live because of your heart. That is so hard. The heart of stone. The heart does not change. A heart that is seared with iron. You got to cry out to God. I need a breakthrough. After these 21 days, things in my family cannot remain the same. 